Dear Lord, I praise you so much uh, that today is Friday, which means your Sabbath is coming. And Lord, I ask that you um, still are in minds and that we may focus on what you want us to learn and that we may have a heart full of you that we may be overflowing to share with others. In your name, amen. amen. All right, I wanted to start with a quote there on the top of your page. Uh, it's from the book Education page 119 and 120, and I know that I've shared a lot of quotes in the book Education, but this isn't just in the book Education. If you read Adventist Home, if you read Ministry of Healing, you're going to find all over where it talks about the importance of, importance of using creation to learn more about God. So I'll read, He alone who recognizes in nature his Father's handiwork, who in the richness and beauty of the earth reads the Father's handwriting. I love that. He alone learns from the things of nature their deepest lessons and receives their highest ministry. Only he can fully appreciate the significance of hill and vale, river and sea, who looks upon them as an expression of the thought of God, a revelation of the Creator. Many, many illustrations from nature are used by the Bible writers, and as we observe the things of the natural world, we shall be enabled, under the guiding of the Holy Spirit, more fully to understand the lessons of God's Word. It is thus that nature becomes a key to the treasure house of the word. Don't you love that? Nature becomes a key to the treasure house of the word. Children should be encouraged to search out in nature the objects that illustrate Bible teachings and to trace in the Bible the similitudes drawn from nature. They should search out both in nature and in holy writ every object representing Christ and those also that he employed in illustrating truth. Thus may they learn to see him in tree, and vine, and lily, and rose, and sun, and star. They may learn to hear his voice in the song of birds, and the sighting of the trees, and the rolling thunder, and the music of the sea, and every object in nature will repeat to them his precious lessons. To those who thus acquaint themselves with Christ, the earth will never more be a lonely and desolate place. It will be their Father's house, filled with the presence of him who once dwelt among men. Isn't that incredibly powerful and exciting? I love that. I, I, I don't know how I missed it until I understood it and I started doing it. And then I went back and I read this and I said, wow, I've been doing this. This totally makes sense. I do walk around on a day right now and I just can't help but say different Bible verses. As I see a tree, as I see a sun, as I see a bird, I just can't help it now. I'm seriously feeling like I'm walking in the presence of the Lord. And Ellen White says that heaven can begin here on earth. And I understand because I feel like I just have Jesus walking next to me all through the day because there's nature all around. So today I want to hopefully teach you guys how to do it. At the end of the papers, I told you about a book at the bottom, The Heart Mender. Have any of you heard of Sally Stribe? Yeah. All right, Sally Stribe wrote a book for children called Treasures by the Sea. And what she does is she goes, uh, two kids come to visit and she takes them on special walks always by the ocean, and takes different shells and teaches them about the shell and the creature that lives there, and then she makes spiritual lessons. And as a kid, actually, um, at Goebbels Junior Academy, we had Sally Stribe come and do a presentation. And she gave us each our own little treasure container with sand on the bottom, and she would give us a shell each day and talk about the object lesson. And it was really awesome. So it's amazing to me how I was exposed to this as a child, and I still missed it. <laughs> I still didn't fully grasp what that quote is saying. So maybe some of you haven't fully grasped either what that quote is saying, but just wait. Hopefully at the end of this, you'll be like, oh, I'm so excited to go study my Bible, because that's how I feel now. 
Um, but what started me on doing this wasn't even my master's program, was the book The Heart Mender. So she kind of went through a very traumatic experience, I think a divorce and some other things. And it's called The Heart Mender. And the only reason I picked it up was it was at the ABC and it was on sale a couple of years ago. And it was like $1.99. I was like, oh, why not? That looks kind of cool. And sometimes I just pick up random books. And in it, she talked about doing that and how looking at objects in nature was very healing. And she just did examples in the book. Plus, her journey was just really inspiring to me. As a woman, I definitely suggest this book. <laughs> uh, maybe men would like it too, I don't know. But The Heart Mender was, was really what got me started on this looking at nature and my Bible in a different way. Um, so then back to some ideas. The way I'm going to do this class is at the beginning I'm going to give you a couple ideas for your children and what I did as a school teacher, and then I'm going to switch gears and show you how to apply it to your life. And I believe once you, remember we learn by doing, and also, our children learn by our example. So when we are passionate about these Bible verses and when they apply to our personal lives, our kids are not going to be able to resist. And they're not going to be able to resist catching the fire that's in your heart because it's just going to shine forth. Because you're going to be excited about, oh, look at this verse I found, honey. So I'm going to switch gears and not focus on the children for very long. All right? So at the beginning of the paper, I just gave you a couple ideas. One, we've talked about this quite a bit, about a sit spot. Um, so encourage them to have a special devotional place um, outside, whether it be they always go under a tree. They talk about to have regular devotions. We need to have a spot that we always go to every morning to make it a routine. So pick an outside door, outside spot for them to have a sit spot to do their devotions. And even us as adults could have a sit spot, always under this certain tree, always on this bench. And maybe make it special, have them have a special chair or a special blanket that they take to their sit spot. Um, and then give them an Ellen White quote. If you have an older child, give them an Ellen White quote um, to journal about or give them a Bible verse. And then um, even older kids love to illustrate. And they say when you draw something, you understand it more and you apply it more because you're trying to think, okay, what is this verse really talking about? So what I did in my classroom is I've showed some of you these journals. And I found them at Target. I don't know, honestly, where else. Maybe just look on Amazon. It's a regular composition book, but it has the little kid lines, and then the, half, the top half is blank. So every week, I'd have the kiddos write their memory verses. They'd sit there and copy it. And then I would turn on some classical music, and they'd have to draw a picture to the Bible verse. Um, so that's an idea that you could do is start your week with a special focus for your Bible verses and then just have them draw a picture, but just have them do it outside. And just, it would be kind of interesting to see what kind of pictures they draw outside as compared to inside. Because remember we talked about that on Monday about how um, our, create, our invention people and the new thinking people of the age were inspired by nature compared to now we're inspired by four walls and man's creations. So just, I think it would be interesting to see what kind of drawings they come up with outside compared to inside. And it's not necessarily even relating um, nature to the Bible verse, it's just having them be outdoors. Uh, so there's one idea. On Friday, have any of you guys heard of Sabbath celebration? Sabbath celebration was started um, in our conference. I'm not really sure the whole story of how it got started. I think it was Heidi Beersley. It was her idea. And um, what some people do in their classrooms is they talk about the six days of creation and then they light candles and talk about them and then um, light the seventh one and say they're starting the Sabbath. Well, I decided to do a little switch on it 
because growing up at Seventh-day Adventist, sometimes Sabbaths were not always the best day because um, you had to sit in church and then you there was all these things you couldn't do. And I'm sad to say that's the way I felt. And so I started calling it Sabbath Celebration. And it happened at the end of school on Friday. I gave it about an hour, an hour and a half to have time for it. We'd first clean up the classroom because I tried to give them the idea of Friday preparation day. So we have them clean up the classroom. Then we sing the fourth commandment. Um, have you guys seen those books that they go through huge passages? They do Genesis 1 and 2. They do Psalms 23. They do Isaiah 53. Yes. What's it called? Thy Word Creations. Thy Word Creations. And it takes the literal Bible verse and puts them into song. And they have the Ten Commandments. It takes the kids like ten minutes to sing it. But my kids could sing it. Kindergarten through second grade. We did it for a special music at our church. They could sing all Ten Commandments. I'm talking about a five-year-old, and they could do it. But every single, after we had cleaned up our room on Fridays, we would sing the Fourth Commandment together. Um, and then... I'd say, all right, guys, it's time for our adventure with Jesus. So then we'd pray and say, okay, Jesus, go on our adventure, and we would go outside. Uh, one thing that we did was we, there's this sticky stuff where it's sticky on both sides. It's, I don't know what it's called, laminate, clear laminate. It's sticky on both sides. I cut it in half, and I stuck it on their stomachs so that they had these little sticky things on their stomachs, and they said they could put whatever they wanted on their stomachs. <laughs> and it was really cool. They came up with little artist things. I don't know where you can buy it, but it's, it's literally sticky on both sides. It's just clear. And then after they were done, I took it off, and I put it on this little piece of white hard cardboard. And then they had this little wall hanging. And I made one, too, and my flowers were still colorful for a long time, and they, we had these little art. But it was a way of them sticking nature on themselves, and they thought it was great. Uh, we called those our Jesus journals, and sometimes we would take them out to draw pictures of something cool we saw in nature. Sometimes we would take them out to um, just have a sit spot and talk with Jesus and draw pictures. You can really do anything with those Jesus journals. So that is what I have for you for now for the kids' ideas. One more thing, uh, discovering our relationship to the natural world. That idea... Um, what you do is you make columns, four columns, things in nature, things we have in common, how it helps me and what it teaches me about God. So if you look at the bottom um, tree, we both have an outer layer to protect us. Trees have bark, we have skin. A tree gives me oxygen. And then the Bible verse that I love for when I see trees is, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And that's also a song found in He Is Our Song. Um, and that verse has been really helpful to me because recently I've had to try to figure out a lot of changes and things. And I was working at Camp Asabo and I was having my devotion out on the lake and I saw all these trees. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to go out with joy and be led forth with peace, even though I don't feel any peace at all. Um, and if, you know, we, we know that if... If we don't praise God, then it says that the rocks and the trees and the hills will, will break forth into singing. And so I say, all right, Lord, you're going to have to just help me and have the trees keep singing with me because I don't feel the joy or the peace. Um, soil, we both contain minerals. Soil helps us grow food. And the parallel that I did that one is parable of the sower. When you talk about soil, ant, we both need shelter. They're fun to watch. And then people maybe have heard the Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. So there's just a couple ideas that you can do with your kids. And now I'm excited for the fun part. 
Um, okay, so a couple of the books that I wanted to, I just found online was Trenton's Treasure was written by Sally Stribe and it's Steps to Christ. And I didn't, I didn't buy the book, but it sounds really cool because I know the way that she does things is using nature. So Trenton's Treasure, Steps to Christ, that looked like a really awesome book. Yes. Treasures by the Sea. Treasures by the Sea. Yeah, it's been out for a long time, and you could pick it up very inexpensively. And it's a great story time. All right. Uh, there's a verse in Romans 1.20 that says, Or since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When students come to Outdoor Ed, this is one of the verses that we share with them. And we say, um, have you ever read a book and stopped halfway and never finished it? I would kill you, right? Well, that's what we're doing when we're only reading God's word. We're missing the other part. And the Lord says that when we look at nature, there are things that can be explained that can't be explained other ways. And so don't miss out. Look at nature. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, my, one of, two of my favorite quotes in Steps to Christ are, if you believe the promise, God supplies the fact. One thing I realized in my life was I didn't know a lot of God's promises. I knew the traditional God's promises, but I didn't know a lot of them. And so when I was going through different hard times, I would just say the traditional Bible verses. And that was nice and that was helpful, but then I started studying my Bible differently and I realized, wow, there are so many incredible promises and God's word is living and alive in my heart. And it it is living because it applies to my life now. When I've done this this way, it's now my Bible verses, not just somebody else's Bible verses. Like, no, God wrote that for me to enjoy and to be helped. Another one I love is, I believe it, it is so, not because I feel it, but because God has promised. What an incredible promise. So what I started doing, the first thing that I started doing was I made a goal throughout the day to look for something cool in nature. Just something that I thought was special. And one time, for example, it was a sunset. And the sunset was ex um, exceptionally red. And so one thing that I invested in <clears throat> was a strong concordance. They say it's for the strong. Try backpacking in this thing. <laughs> or all of a sudden now when I go on vacations, I'm like, oh, but I want my concordance. <laughs> well, for those of you who you know, have a different phone, you all have your concordances on your phone. But I like my book. Thank you very much. So I looked up red that day. And I found a really awesome verse that you may know. It is Matthew 16, 2 and 3. And it says, He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And I said, whoa, this is at the very beginning of starting to do this, of looking for things in nature and then looking for verses that apply to my life. And I said, wow, how many times have I heard that saying, um, red sky at night, red sky in the morning, sailors take warning, red sky at night, sailors delight. I had heard that as a child. I didn't know it was in the Bible. I was like, whoa, there's really nothing new under the sun. Because I just didn't know that it was in the Bible. And to me, when I found that at the beginning of this journey, it was like, oh, the Lord has so much in store for you. Just you wait. The Lord has so many promises in here that you haven't even discovered. You thought you knew your Bible. You thought you were the Seventh-day Adventist and knew all the verses. 
and somehow I missed this. <laughs> um, another thing that I thought too was the fact that um, another way I apply this to my life was one, I, I needed to dig deeper in my word. And the second thing that I applied to that time was the fact that I had been walking through my Bible, I had been walking through nature, but I didn't even notice all the things that God wanted to teach me. I was completely oblivious. And I was like, oh, you hypocrite. You say you have a walk with the Lord, but you're missing out on everything around you. So that was, that was one of the things that I found that time. Another time, I was in Texas going to college, and, you know, in college, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, and you're trying to figure out boys and blah, blah, blah. You know, that stressful time in college. And I decided to go for a walk at a state park um, down in Texas. And I don't know about you guys, but Texas is kind of dry, kind of lax, some nice places to go hiking. Sorry if you're a Texan, but um, where I lived, that's what I felt about it. But guess what I stumbled upon? A river. I was like, whoa. And so I pulled out, I had my Bible with me. I pulled out my Bible, and I, my Bible just has a little concordance in the back. And I looked up river, and I found a Bible verse that will always forever be my favorite Bible verse. And um, it absolutely is wonderful. Isaiah 66, verse 12. It says, For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to. Her, it says her, it never says her in the Bible. The Lord wrote this verse for me, I know he did. Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river. Do you think there's ever a time I can walk by a river and not say that verse to myself? No, it's absolutely impossible. And I grew up singing the song, I've got peace like a river, and yeah, I sang it, but it, it didn't really mean that much to me. Do you think now when I go to a river, I can't help but just pause and say, thank you, Lord? I can't help but just pause and have a conversation with him. Because that verse goes through my head, behold, I extend peace to her, it says her, <laughs> like a river. Um, so there was another example. Um, another one, oh, another thing I wanted to add, and I forgot my pens, I'm really sorry, I wanted to show you. Have you guys seen those really ultra-thin Bible marking pens? Ultra, is it ultra-fine? Ultra-fine pens? They come in different colors. They're, they're fairly expensive, they're like 8 for $20 or something like that. So I know they're not cheap, but they underline in your Bible really pretty, and they don't bleed through the pages. And one thing that I've done since I've started doing this is my Bible's become my journal. So what I've done is when I have found a promise that now applies to my life in a certain situation, I write the situation in my Bible. That way, when I'm flipping through my Bible, I can't help but be reminded of all the ways that God has led me in the past, and I have nothing to fear for the future because there are so many pillars, I call them pillars, in my life. I can just lean on this pillar, I can reflect on this pillar, I can think of that pillar, because my Bible is now full of different markings and different situations where that Bible verse has literally now become something to my life and not just an awesome Bible verse in the Bible. Um, I might write dates, I might write situations, I might write places, and it's just small, it's those little pins, and it's just made my Bible so special. You know that, that um, question they ask you, if your house was burning, what would you want to grab out of it? And, you know, you felt like you should say your Bible, but I never wanted to say my Bible because I said, well, I can always get another Bible. Now you better believe my Bible is going to be the first thing I want out of there because there's seven years of pillars in here because I started this about seven years ago. And... I mean, I should be able to remember all those Bible verses, but I don't think I could remember all the situations that I had journaled in there. And I would hate to lose my Bible. It's so precious. 
I left this on a pew one time and a child scribbled on all the pages. So if any of you know a pen eraser can tell me after class, because I don't want to get rid of my Bible. And now it has pen scribblings in like, I don't know, 20 of the pages. But I still, this Bible is so precious to me. Um, it's been on a lot of different journeys too. Maybe there's a Bible verse too. And you shall make them whiter than snow and you shall forgive. <laughs> Those wonderful children bring you so much joy. <laughs> All right. Um, another example uh, that you might know is uh, birds in Matthew 6, 26. I'm sure it's a verse that you've heard. Matthew 6, 26 says, you probably can even say it from memory. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And how many times do we see birds flying in the sky? And now every time I see a bird, I really can't help but think, do you have anything to worry about? Do you really have anything to fear? No. I, I can just do this with everything in nature because the Lord, I've spent time doing it. And it's taken time. This concordance has been flipped through, and honestly, sometimes it takes me an hour, an hour and a half to find a verse that I feel applies to that situation, and I pray for the Holy Spirit because I don't want to take a verse out of context or apply it in a way that it shouldn't be applied, but I just pray. I'm like, Lord, please help me to find, and sometimes, I mean, red took me a long time. There was like 25 words read, and, and then, you know, they turned the Nile River into red, and I was like, nope, that doesn't apply today, <laughs> like, you know, and so it's going to take time, but it's it's made me a lot more familiar with my Bible. And when I found that promise, I, I just can't help but be like, wow, Lord, this is so special to me. Uh, one thing that I talked to you guys yesterday, or I think two days ago, was about waterfalls, how I absolutely love waterfalls. And my application for waterfalls is in John 7. Oh, that's another thing. On that walk when I found the river, you'll ne- I kept walking. You'll never believe what I found. I found a waterfall. <laughs> and I said, whoa, Lord. And this, I think, is when I found this verse. And this is where um, I, you know, waterfall, I couldn't find in my concordance. <laughs> so not everything you're going to be able to find in your concordance. And you might just have to think of a word or um, maybe that time you're struggling, you're looking for guidance. So sometimes I just use the word guide or I use the words um, reflection. I'll show you that one. I'll show you that one. I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let me just pause. Let me go back. Okay. So waterfalls. This is my verse for waterfalls. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And every time I come to a waterfall, I just can't help but think, um, even if there's just a little bit of water going over a waterfall, Jesus isn't, um, there's still a fair amount of water flowing over that waterfall, right? Even if it's little. And I feel like that's the way Jesus is to me. He's up in heaven and he's not like, oh, let me just let me just let you get to know me a little bit. Okay, that's all you can handle. No, he's like, let me pour on you like a waterfall. There's so much I want you to know about me. I want you to have an intimate, personal walk with me. And I just want to overflow you with, with uh, rivers of living water. And then out of that, I can't help but want to share. And so when I come to that waterfall, I just, I'm like, Lord, you love me. You're so crazy about me because I look at how big the waterfall is. Or even if it's small. And I just, that's what I think of when I go to waterfalls. John what? That one was John 7, 37, and 38. Um, another thing I wanted to reflect on before I go to another one is in Joshua 4. I'm sorry, I should have, I'm sorry, I should have had you bring your Bibles. 
I should have said that to bring Bibles to this one. So Joshua 4, verses 1 through 7. And this is the story about um, crossing over the Jordan. And then Joshua tells them to take stones. And why does he tell them to take those stones? Built also to be what? In remembrance, a memorial. And that is when I said, Lord, this is a biblical concept of remembering the ways that you have led us in the past. And so an idea for you as a family is to collect stones and write on the back of the stone um, where God has led you. You want to give your kids a visual. And so you could write a situation on the back of stones, have a collection of, of prayer stones maybe, Maybe people's names are on your stones. Um, I've seen that where my friend has a table, and on her table she has a huge plate, and there's all these stones with all her students' names. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but you guys, the sky's the limit, but you want to create a visual re, you know, reminder to your children of the fact that God has led them in the past. And that's what this is all about. Joshua set it up so that they would have a memorial, so that they could tell their children's children and their children, and stones stand the test of time. And so right on it with a marker or a permanent marker, the ways that God has led. Um, and you, too, could start your own little stone collection. However you want to do it, I just think we need to be more intentional about remembering the way God has led us in the past. Because we have these awesome experiences. All of us have testimonies about how God has led us. But how many of those do we forget on a daily occurrence about the little things that the Lord has done for us? And so that's when I started turning my Bible into a journal. Whatever it is, but I just think we need to start writing these things down or recording them because I think we'd find that we're a lot stronger in our walk with the Lord than we even have thought. So I think I plugged this in yesterday, but this I bought a second 10-year journal. For those of you who are new today, this is called a 10-year journal. I know everyone's like, oh, 10 years, that's so intimidating. I love it. It's um, produced by Because Time Flies. Pretty original. So it has a day here, February 4, and it's a day per page. And then it has four lines for each year. So 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and you only have to write four lines. So I have mine that I write just silly things because um, I just want to remember that I have a great life even when you feel like things aren't going your way. Or I just like remembering the different things that happened that I did for fun and friends I made. So that's what my other one is for. But then I just recently bought one for my personal walk with the Lord. So when I'm skipping through this, I can be like, four years ago today, I prayed for this, and the Lord answered. Or I, pr I started praying for this person 10 years ago today, and now look at what the Lord is doing with him or her. Um, so I just decided now to put this in my, my devotion life, is another way to remember the different stones that the Lord has placed for me to lean on in the hard times. Um, okay. So... Here we go. I was on a mission trip to Myanmar this last <laughs> Christmas, and everything that you can imagine went wrong on this trip. Everything you can imagine, from a messed up passport, an expired passport. One day, minus the, sh minus the six months of good, it was going to expire the day I landed, because you lose a day when you fly to China. <laughs> So the day that I left was perfectly fine, and if I had been like arriving flying in America, then it would have been fine, but because I was losing a day and flying, it was gonna be one day shy of the six months. So they wouldn't let me get on the plane. And I watched my whole group go ahead, and then God did a whole giant miracle. 
And then, um, then I get there and I get sick and la la la. It's just a rough trip all around the whole block. And I don't just um, journal about spirit, uh, nature things in my Bible. So you better believe Myanmar is all through my Bible. Because <laughs> I was sitting there in the airport in China, not realizing that my visa was for my old passport number and I had a new passport because I had to get a new passport. So I'm sitting, I just went on a 14 hour flight. I just was stranded in the airport in Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles for two days. And then I'm now in um, the China airport for 24 hours, realizing that I might have gone all this long way, paid all the money and I'm gonna get sent right back. <laughs> um, and I just claim, I'm like, okay, Lord, if you believe it and if you ask in my name and if it's of your will, then you will provide. And I, you know, Myanmar is all through here. So don't just record the nature things, record the other ones too. Anyway, so we're at, we're at Myanmar. We are training the first Adventist medical missionary team. They don't have any kind of emergency responders in the country of Myanmar. It's formerly known as Burma if that helps geographically place it. And we had done that for a week. We had trained 40 people, not myself. I just came along as a girl chaperone. I'm not medically <laughs> inclined. And uh, we had a little time at the vacation at the end, and we went to the ocean. So I was walking with one of the teenage girls, and we were like, wow, that sunset is just so beautiful. And I've always just felt when you go to the ocean and watch the waves, there's something that God wants to teach me. But I just have never gotten very far with it. It's always been like, well... Life keeps rolling. <laughs> just, I just don't know, Lord. Like, I know you, I know there's got to be something to this ocean thing because waves are just so calming. But every time I look it up, it's like a storm came up and the waves came over. And I'm like, I don't feel like there's a storm right now. So when I looked up waves in my concordance, it's never taken me that far. But that day, there was the most gorgeous reflection of the sunset and the clouds on the water. And it was so beautiful. And I, I was teaching this girl, Taylor how to do this with her Bible and nature. And I was like, let's try it. So we had looked up water, we had looked up waves, and neither one of us had found anything that really seemed to fit what we were going through at that moment. So we tried reflection. And we found a verse in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Now, I don't even know honestly how we got there because the words not reflection isn't in there. So sometimes it's a journey of just figuring out, okay, what am I thinking about as I'm sitting here in this nature? What is it coming up to my mind? And praise the Lord, we found that verse, but I don't remember the journey we went on because it was from reflection to then, then I thought about what makes a reflection, I think, is what I did. And then I remember that verse, and I said, oh, wow, think about this. And I was thinking about me as I was sitting there at that ocean, reflecting about what a journey it was to get there. And I honestly, at that point, I didn't know why God had brought me there because I, I'm not medically inclined. I couldn't help with the training. I got super sick. So I couldn't even, I was supposed to be the girl sponsor, but to me, I was so emotionally drained that I didn't even feel like I was helping anybody. It was just a really rough trip <laughs> in every way. And I said, okay, Lord, I am just looking in a mirror right now. I don't know why, but there's a purpose to this. And you will make that known. Well, later on this, um, just a couple weeks ago, I was in a huge turmoil trying to figure out where I was supposed to go 
for a job and some different things had really fallen apart and personal stuff. And I was looking in steps to Christ and I found this amazing quote. And I had to write it in my Bible next to this verse. And it says, We may rejoice that all which press perplexed sorry, we may rejoice that all which has perplexed us perplexed us in the providences of God will then be made plain. Things hard to be understand, understood will then find an explanation. Where our finite minds discovered only confusion and broken purposes, we shall see the most perfect and beautiful harmony. Isn't that incredible? I didn't write it down. <laughs> Steps to Christ. And it's, um, I want to say, it's, it's one of the last three chapters. I want to say chapter 13, at the end of chapter 13. We may rejoice that all which has perplexed us. It, or maybe it's in the Rejoice in the Lord's chapter. But isn't that awesome? I mean, how many, that to me, end of sermon, the end, you know, things where our finite minds discovered only confusion and broken purposes, we shall see the most perfect and beautiful harmony. Like, how many of us don't have huge burdens on our heart right now? And I don't know what, what, when I'm going to be on another lake and watching the waves or when I'm going to be on another ocean, but I know that I'm going to think about this quote. And I know that I'm going to think about Jesus as I look at reflections and how about right now things seem so unclear and unfair, but that God is going to make it clear. Um, so are you starting to get the picture that you just can't help but see God once you start looking at nature in a different way? Um, so then some, let's see here, how's my time? Okay. Uh, where should I switch to? I'm trying to decide, you guys, how many of you guys have a way, like a Bible? Your, uh, your phone, just uh, access to a Bible. Can you raise your hand so I know if it's possible? Okay. Not super possible, not impossible. I'd love for you to try it, but I think I'm not going to have you try it because it's also really personal. And to, I mean, yeah, you're going to share with each other, but if you're going to really find the depth in this, it's you're, right now you're probably going through a struggle. We all um, have little struggles going on, some bigger and some smaller than others. So I just encourage you to make today your first day. Just look around while you're walking around in nature, um, while we're outside, and if it's just blue, if it's sky, or, you know, go a little bit around the way, like reflection that got me to mirror. I don't know what journey the Lord will take you on, but I can assure you that if you, if you ask the Lord to show you and ask the Lord to make his word alive in your heart, he will. And it's just to become my Bible. Yes, sir? Last two paragraphs of chapter 12. Thank you so much for looking that up for us. Last two paragraphs of chapter 12. Page 112. Page 112. If I had my little pen, I'd write it. <laughs> all right, so as much as I could just go on and on and on about all the wonderful things, I mean, I just can't help but flip through my Bible and see different things. Oh, okay, I'll share one more. One more. It is so fun. Okay, this one is... Once again, I was wondering what to do with my life. You're going to see a pattern. <laughs> Please don't psychoanalyze this, anybody. Um, don't we, we should all be there, right? I'm not the only one. We're trying to decide as mothers if we're doing the right thing, as parents, as teachers, where we should go, what's the next stage, you know, retirement. Um, I'm not there yet, but you know. <laughs> okay, so once again, I was wondering why the Lord had led me to this certain place, and I was frustrated about something, so I went on a hike. And I just started climbing, and I ended up on top of this rock. 
And I was up there and I was like, oh Lord, I just don't understand why we've come this far and I still don't seem to know what you want me to do. Like, how did I get here again? You've given me all these wonderful promises, yet I'm sitting here wondering once, once again, what am I going to do? What's going on? What's the point of this? And I sat there and I just felt like the Lord was saying, wait, just wait. And then birds started flying around and I said, do not borrow trouble for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself when you have enough worry for today. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust. And so I went back down and I was looking in my Bible and I was looking for a rock or a mountain because I kind of felt like I'd climbed a mountain, a rock. And I found this verse in Psalm 61. Psalm 61, verses 1 and 2. Oh, I remember now. This is also what happened. I lost my passport and I was supposed to go to Dominican Republic. Ah, see, it says right there, Dominican Republic. <clears throat> Lost my passport. <laughs> I'm responsible. Have no fear. Okay, <laughs> Psalm 61, verse 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. Because I was begging, Lord, I need a miracle. My plane's leaving tomorrow, and I have no passport. My mom and dad had frantically left work to look through my room. It's kind of hard when someone's right here that knows everything that you're talking about in details. <laughs> And so I was begging the Lord for my passport, and it said, from the end of earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, and how many of us have times where our heart is overwhelmed, all of us, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Every time I see a rock, a mountain, I'm like, Lord, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. Because how many times do we get caught up with our own little woes and our own troubles and think, my life is so difficult. But now every time I see a mountain or a rock kind of standing up high, I'm like, all right, Lord, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. And I know you live in Michigan, and you say, there's not many rocks that are higher than I. <laughs> but maybe we just need a little, you know, humbling and remember that even if we can't see it, the Lord is up there ready to attend to our cry. So that was another one that has just become such a powerful verse in my life. And I will stop if I will close this or I'll keep going and going and going. All right. Um... So, some ideas for you and your children, or just yourself, too. Let's be honest, this is fun. So, um, I just found these books up at the ABC in the used book section. Thank you for none of those who have bought them yet, because I was super excited. So, there are Bible plants and animals, and there's a mammal's book, and a bird's book, and a plant's book. And they literally have the exact name of the plant or the animal or the bird in it and where it's found in the Bible and then some facts about that animal. It's just, these are just the coolest books ever. Uh, for example, there's the Syrian hare in here, the Egyptian hare. Um, and it's mentioned in Deuteronomy 14.7. And it's just talking about unclean, law, unclean meat and Leviticus laws. Um... But it just mentions exactly where it is in the Bible. And it's not necessarily drawing a spiritual lesson for you. Um, it's just giving you facts about the animal and where it is in the Bible. But I think that's really cool because sometimes you come across big words that you're like, what is this? not an animal that we know about. Um, and these books do it for you. And then, which I'm going to go into the next section of how I have enhanced my Bible study, learning about an animal and its processes have been another incredible way that I have enhanced my Bible study. So these are really cool reference books. I don't know where you can find them. I'm sure you can find them on Amazon. Uh, Bible Plants and Animals by Harry J. Berg. Berg. 
Um, these are really cool. I've had these up here for a while. Kids Guide to Bible Animals. Kids Guide to God's Creation. Um, these are really awesome books too. And they have pictures, so I'm sure your kiddos would pour over these for hours. Um, and it just shows you a picture of the animal and things, fun things about it um, that are really cool. Lice cannot jump or fly. Ooh, that's good to know. <laughs> I thought they could. <laughs> okay, the next thing. This book is really awesome. This is a family guide to Sabbath nature activities. So it gives you lots of ideas. This is put on by a Seventh-day Adventist. It's a really old book. It's a really awesome book. Kindle. Yep, Kindle for $6.99 is really the only place that I have found it. I have not been able to find it used, but maybe we can ask and maybe we can reprint it. Because <laughs> this book is really awesome. Um, it has quotes in here from Steps to Christ and from Mount of Blessings. And it, it takes you through the five days of creation in a whole different ways. It takes you through shapes and asks you to go and look at different shapes that are out there. And then it makes a spiritual lesson. It gives you games. It gives you tons of ideas to do with your children on the Sabbath. It's just a really good book. So a family guide to Sabbath nature activities written by Eileen Lantry. So that is a really awesome book. Okay, changing gears. About So that was one way that I really have enhanced my personal walk with the Lord. Another way that I've done it is to pick a process in nature or a specific animal or tree and study it and see what specific lessons the Lord has for you. So these books are absolutely incredible. And if you don't believe me, talk to a couple mothers in here because they agreed too. <laughs> these are called character sketches. They're old. And what they do is they deal with a character value that I'm sure we want to teach ourselves <laughs> and our children, like contentment. And then it gives you um, an animal. So this one is a pack rat. And <laughs> it <laughs> talks about the pack rat, gives you a cute little like story about what the pack rat's doing. And then it gives you examples of the pack rat in scripture. And then it, it tells you all about him, tons and tons of information about where he lives, what he does. Um, a pack rat loses his ears. Did you know that? <laughs> Pretty cool. So it gives you that, and then it gives you um, a Bible story that's trying to teach you contentment that's going along with what you have learned about the pack rat. And then a character sketch of a person showing contentment or whatever character um, is being character trait is being built upon. So these books are awesome. And your kids could pour through these, or you could pour through these for hours and hours and hours. They're expensive because they're out of print. Um, someone was just telling me on eBay they saw volume one for, she just bought one for $5 on volume one. Amazon, I've seen them for 30 each. Um, the new ones on the online website, if you just Google character sketches, they were um, $50 a piece or $140 for three, for all three of them. So they are pricey, but I think it's a worthwhile investment. There are three volumes, yes. There also are little booklets. Yes, I have to talk about those next, yep. And there's 49, 49 character traits that it talks about in these three volumes. Um, and seriously, 
I've had these since I was a little kid, and I haven't scratched the surface of how much information all three of these. Yes. Yeah, you do have to read the the few of the Bible um, uh, references that it talks about with the Spirit of Prophecy in mind. We ran into one where it was a totally wrong lesson. Uh -huh. It's counter to Spirit of Prophecy. Okay. I don't remember which one it was years ago, but you do want to make sure you read the Spirit of Prophecy first. All right, so it's not Seventh-day Adventist um, printed or produced, so just keep that in mind. But I really think there's 99% good um, in there. Uh, the other thing that I found just recently online were these little tiny character sketchbooks, and there's only a couple of them. And they're only $6 a piece, and they're actually beautifully illustrated. And so it's more like a child's book. So they have one on diligence, on attentiveness, on gratefulness. And it, it's just a cute little book that goes through it. They also have coloring books that are $9 that go along with the character sketchbooks too. So those are just awesome resources. An example in my life, for example, let me teach you guys a little bit about a jack pine. <laughs> you guys have heard this already. I'm sorry. Um, so how many of you guys know what a jack pine tree is? He's the ugly one. <laughs> He's the strange one with all the branches going the wrong way. Okay? He grows... Um, I would say mainly northern Michigan more so than down here, so you're not going to see it. But something very interesting about this jack pine tree is that the cones, in order for them to germinate, in order for them to produce baby trees, they have to be negative 52 degrees. Praise the Lord, that doesn't happen in Michigan, right? <laughs> or 212 degrees, which means what? Fire. fire, right? So in order for those cones to burst open, it has to have fire, all right? Um, how many of you think fire is a great thing? Right? Do we think fires are good or bad? Some of you are raising your hand so you know where this is going. Fires are actually a necessary part of our ecosystem. In order to have some trees reproduce, they need fire. The jack pine, in order for there ever to be other baby jack pines, you would have to have a fire come through. How many of you have been to Camp Asabo? When you walk around the boardwalk, uh, for some of you of the older generation, they ask us what happened to all the white trees? What happened to the birch trees? What happened to the aspen trees? Well, this is what happened. Um, a fire hasn't happened at Camp Asabel and that area, and I don't know how long. Um, and what happens with your forest is when it gets burnt down and the soil, the first things that come up are your aspen trees or your birch trees. They don't need that much in the soil. They come up quickly. They also don't live as long. Um, and so they come up first, and that's called their, your first succession. Then the pines and the oaks come, and they take the shade, and they push out your birch and your aspen, and that's the secondary succession. So right now at Camp Asabo, we're in the secondary succession, and we, we will remain in the secondary succession around the boardwalk probably forever because no one's going to want to fire <laughs> unless we figure out how to do a little control burn right next to the boardwalk <laughs> um, to allow some trees to die for other ones to grow up. And so um, the jack pine tree, he's home to a little bird. I was going to make others guess, cheater. <laughs> they know this already. So the Kirtland warbler only nests in um, strands of jack pine trees. And they, they nest on the ground in the grass. And they, they need the jack pine trees to be from zero to seven ages. Zero to seven years, from about three to 11 feet, otherwise they don't do it. They won't nest there. And so back in the 70s, um, our 
jack pine warbler or Kirtland warbler almost went extinct because there were no jack pine strands in order for them to grow in. So the DNR right there in Crawford County at Camp Asabo now has a huge thousands of acre project where they plant jack pine trees and they have a whole system that they, they use them for other things and then they grow new ones. And so now our numbers are good again for the Kirtland warbler. So something very interesting because in something that you think is very destructive, fire, you think that's very devastating, good comes out of it. We were on a trip uh, for my master's program in the Boundary Waters in Minnesota. And when we first got in the water and we first um, got into the canoes, it was all burnt all around us. And I was sitting there being like, oh, this is kind of ugly. I don't really like this. And my professor spoke up, and he was like, I don't understand. Now I'm thinking this, okay? My, my professor spoke up. He's like, I don't understand why people think this is ugly. Don't they know that this is necessary and part of the environment and that we need fires? And I'm saying, yes, I know this, but it's still ugly. <laughs> and we're going along, and then it changes, and the burnt area is gone. And I started thinking about my own life and how um, God allows different burns to happen. And they're ugly, and they're painful, and I don't really appreciate them. But out of those fires, what comes? Beautiful new growth. And when I think of my own life, would I trade that beautiful new growth for anything? No, would I get rid of the fires? Gladly, but I know that that new growth is there only because the fires are there. Um, so that is an example where a process in nature or a, a plant or a tree study then taught me something about my life and my walk with the Lord. So those are the two ways that I have done it. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, awesome. Let me think of this. Anything else I wanted to show you? Oh, <laughs> this it was a required textbook from my master's. It's called the Green Bible. <laughs> is the New Revised Standard Version. And you know, in our Bibles, we have the red letter edition, where every time Jesus spoke, it's in red. Well, this has things in green. <laughs> and it's, what's in green is four different things. How God and Jesus interact with, care for, and are intimately involved with all of creation. That's one of them. Another thing that's in green is how all the elements of creation Land, water, air, plants, animals, humans are interdependent. The third one is how nature responds to God, which we can all think of that verse in Isaiah, right, about the trees clapping their hands. And then the fourth one is how we are called to care for creation. Um, one thing that this Bible, and then it has excerpts from other green people and I think a, um, some... Well, like a, um, what's a priest, some different, you know, articles are in here. But the Bible is still, this is still the Bible. The New Revised Standard is a, is a fine version. Um, and it just puts things in green. So it's really kind of fun to be looking for different nature things. And maybe you just have no idea where the Lord is. I can't really get anything new from a tree. But I was just looking through this and you see some things in green. And you're like, oh, I could apply it this way. So it's just kind of a fun, a fun Bible, the green Bible. And it is not waterproof. And then it's not storm-proof or backpacking-proof, sorry, but it's a cool Bible. Um, all right, so we do have time, so I'm going to put you guys into groups for a little bit. And I want you to try to think of an animal, maybe some, there's some budding biologist in here that knows something really cool about an animal. 
Uh, maybe we won't do the first example that I gave you where it's more the personal one where you look for something in nature and you try to apply a promise to your life. But instead I want you guys, to, and if you want to share one of those, that's fine with your group. But instead I want you to get in your groups and think about um, a process that happens in nature. Maybe, you know, the life cycle of a mosquito. What can the Lord teach us about that? Think about something that you know in nature already. I know you guys know some things about nature's, about things in nature. Um, like the Jack Pine example I gave you about the cones needing fire. Think about something that you already know, and where can you draw a biblical um, lesson out of it? Can we do it? Yay! <laughs> okay, so getting groups of four. Um, I'm not going to give you two terribly long, like ten minutes or less. Um, so getting groups of four and try to think of something in nature that you know about. Okay, who would like to be a brave soul? She would. Okay. <laughs> For recording purposes, I'm going to come stand next to you. That way they can get this in the recording also. Well, every year I like my students to see the process of the monarch caterpillar forming a chrysalis and then emerging. So in August, I found one, and then my students found some too, so we were just having fun with those, and we'd keep track on the board when they went into the crystal stage and when they came out and so on. Well, I was working at school late one night, about 8 o'clock, one of the mothers called and said, Sawyer just found a caterpillar, and he doesn't want to, to stay at home until the morning he thinks it's going to die. So can he bring it to school? I said, sure, he can bring it. So here she comes driving up, and Sawyer has a caterpillar on his finger without any plant, you know, and I said, oh, that's really pretty, and it almost looks like a monarch, but it wasn't. I said, what kind of plant was it on? I don't know. I said, did it have a white flower? Yeah, it had a white flower. So I said, it looks like a black swallowtail caterpillar. So we went up on the little knoll there and found some plants and brought them in. He said, yes, those are the kind of plants it had. So his mother had another one of those observations, little zipper thing um, that's clear, and we put it in there on the plant. So all the kids got to observe it for a few days, and along with the monarchs, and it went into the chrysalis stage, which is, I don't know if you've seen it, it kind of looks like it's just part of the branch. It's not very pretty or attractive. So we just kept track of all these butterflies that came out and that one never came out and one of the monarchs died too it never came out so we kept it there all winter in its little cage and I thought for sure it died and I was going to throw it out a few times but decided not to so two weeks before school was out on a Friday I went back into my classroom I had been out visiting with some of the parents and Sawyer and his mother were still out there like uh, half an hour, 45 minutes after school was out, went back in to sort my papers, and there I see something fluttering in that little cage. So it had wintered all the entire winter in my classroom. They call it diapause. And I thought, that is really cool. So I ran back out with the cage to show Sawyer and his mom. And I thought, this is really strange. I wonder, I didn't know how long it took them but it said that they usually take a week or two to emerge from the chrysalis, you know, when they go into a chrysalis till they come out. And, but when the days become shorter, and especially, we, we live in the Upper Peninsula, 
So the days are really, sh you know, they start shortening up really fast when you get into September. And then it can take nine to 10 months before they come out, but they have to be in a cold climate. They have to be outside. And here that butterfly, caterpillar had stayed in it in my classroom the entire winter. And I said, praise the Lord that it did come out during the winter, what would we have done with it? And here it came out just two weeks before school was out in May. And so I thought of a, a spiritual application. We've had these meetings, you know, the unlock revelation, and some people catch on right away, and they're out there, and they're fluttering around, and they're so happy. And other people, you just have to be patient with them because it takes them a while, just like my family was Christian Reformed before we became Adventists when I was a teenager, and it, we kept both Sabbath and Sunday mm -hmm. for about a year and a half, two years, before we were baptized as Adventists. So you just have to be patient with people. Oh, very good. Thank you. Um, we don't have a time for everyone to share. Does anyone else want to share? But we were talking about the soil, and um, started out, um, there's normal gardens have bare soil. And then we take a look at the forest and how the soil is just covered with um, dead trees or wood chips or whatever. And it tends to be more uh, nutritious and lush plant growth there. Um, and one of the um, um, spiritual lessons we learned was, um, well, what I, I just ended up up with, um, we need to be covered by the Word of God or by the armor of God and have that protection on us at all times. We were also talking about the um, different nutrients, um, like wood chips. They tend to make the ground more acidic. Um, and so you need to kind of compensate and get the soil um, to where it used to be by either planting manure or plant food or some of the more organic natural ways to do it. Um, and we need to have other Christians um, inspire us and help us through as well as reading God's Word. And temperature of the soil was another thing. In order for a seed to grow, it has to have the right temperature. Um, and here in Michigan, um, it can be colder later and if you plant the seeds to the ground, um, sometimes they can die, but a lot of times they're hibernating and they just wait for the right temperature to happen. And then once you have the temperature, um, they just spring up temperature in the water and everything. They, they spring up and they grow um, to be the plant you want. And um, in this, we were talking about how some people can be cold. But some people, their spiritual temperature can be cold for a while, so even though you plant the seed, um, they'll just kind of hibernate there, and then sometimes all of a sudden, then it'll maybe, you know, somebody else will come along and plant another seed, and then mm -hmm. kind of warm the ground a little more, or God's Word, you know, mm -hmm. the Bible, warm the ground more, and then your spiritual seed will sprout more and grow more. Awesome. So, yeah, very good. Thank you. Well, I'm sure all of you have some awesome ideas, and I wish we had more time so we could hear them all. But I have to tell you about something extremely exciting. Before you leave, uh, Christine is going to come up. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I will let her share with you. <laughs> um, this is the Family Bible Lesson by Sunlight, which is sunlighteducation.com. It's on the board. It has 
Um, different things that you'll study for three months. It has trees, basically insects, flowers, trees and plants, but mostly trees. And then butterflies and moths, birds, rocks and minerals, water, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, the garden, the wonders of the sea, and astronomy. And then it goes through and you have a Bible lesson. This one's Rebecca. And then you have a character quality. And then you have what is an insect and it will go through every day. It's hard to no, it is. hold it up, but I'm just going to show that. And your memory verses, and also a verse to go along with the character qualities. So, and here's day one. No, this is a review of the whole lesson. And it has your Bible, memory verse, parent study, what you can study um, about courtesy and, the, and patriarchs and prophets. And then courtesy is the character quality, and then all the um, things that you'll be learning in nature and then this is day one and it has you reading your bible then patriarchs and prophets and then your nature and then at the end it has um practical activities that you can do go outside and see them and the bible story activity okay. yeah no very good and it had i was just looking through this and it had ideas like um, take out the trash that was even going. So very practical things. This is education curriculum done for you already. I didn't even know such a thing existed. But it's basically what we've been talking about. And I've just given you a smattering of ideas to take regular curriculum, put outside. But this is curriculum already done for you and very practical. And it's going through all the things that you want your children to learn. And so this is for ages everyone, specifically birth through eight. Birth through eight. And then there's the elementary level, which is like eight for elementary school, right? Oh, yeah, um, two, three, eight. And then there's the high school edition. There's a high school edition too. This is free. <laughs> so go to sunlighteducation.com, go to downloads. I tried starting to download. I suggest not here at GLAW. <laughs> and internet is definitely not the strongest. But um, you can just download it for free. And this is just year one quarter two this is one booklet for year one quarter two so there's an amazing free resource available to you full 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 of ideas and complete curriculum that goes to all ages i was gonna say and then so you can't get this copy but you can go and get copies and put them in a three ring binder and put because they'll have the the cover the cover in the back and so you have it and that will be nice because the binding i mean but if you do a three-ring binder, you know, you can take it out and make copies. And they also have an activity book that goes along with this and little children's lessons for younger, like the birth, the little ones. So it kind of, it's smaller, you know, for little ones, it's not as much information. What's the name of it again? There's a glare oh. This one is called, sorry, Family Bible Lesson. But if you just look up sunlighteducation.com and just click on the downloads link, there's tons to download, so make sure you just click download and go to bed. <laughs> the music that they created is wonderful. They have Mrs. White passages and all oh, wonderful. So basically everybody who's in this class should go download this. <laughs> no, they're not in print anymore. Nope. So just download them and print and print and print and print and 
You have to pay for a cartridge. That's the only thing you'll probably have to pay for. <laughs> Any other questions for this curriculum? All right, you guys, you guys use it too. Did you have anything else to comment on it? Well, it has all the subjects too. So that's true. Through eighth grade program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do all the subjects too: math, science, language, arts, um, health. health. They also create um, scenes, Sabbath school programs um, up through junior level. I use a lot of their you know, ocean. Um, they have Bible story ones, Bible people ones, but also nature oriented ones. They're very tastefully done for the age group. So why did I do a breakout center for five days? I could just say, go buy this. <laughs> Thank you. The end. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much. If you want to look at it, then see Miss Christine. So I just put my email address both on your handout and up here. My last name, Boothby, and then ad at gmail.com. So please email me if you have any questions, if you just have ideas you want to share. Miss um, Jen Cook is going to start a Facebook group for us um, that is going to be closed. Um, but you can invite your friends to come join it, and then we can post pictures and ideas that we have found. Because like I said before, I've tried Googling nature education ideas, and they're just really hard to find, except for this curriculum. <laughs> it's all done for us. Do you want to do SDA, outdoor education? Yeah. We'll do SDA. So it'll be either outdoor education. Or we'll just make it actually, we'll just make it SDA, outdoor education will be the Facebook group page or group. It is, I don't even know the lingo. <laughs> All right, so the thing that I wanted to end on, and I'm sorry for keeping you a little bit late, is one more thing that I have found in nature. Have you guys noticed it when the sun is shining through the clouds and it looks like there's almost pathways? Yeah. I love that. So I was like, oh, sunbeams. And so I wanted to do something with, with sun. So I looked up, <laughs> sun is like how many pages? So then I tried light. And this is what I found, and I, and I just think this applies. The Lord is so amazing. I just keep finding these verses that apply to the situation I'm going through, and I think this applies to today. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And I don't know about you, but when I did this, it was like new light for me. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. I'm sorry, I'm reading from Isaiah 60. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come up from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And I just think there's so much abundance in the word of God. And it's just so much joy has been brought to my life when his word is applied to my life in a real and personal way. Um... And I hope that you will find it to enhance your Bible study and that you will just be a radiant light to everyone that comes to you because you know that God knows you and you know him. Um, let's pray and then I'll let you guys go. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the joy that only comes from you. I thank you for the joy that can fill all of our hearts when we spend time with you. Thank you that you want to speak to us. Thank you that you want to become real and personal to us and literally our best friend who not only knows us, but we know you. Lord, give us um, time in our busy lives to make time to study you. Give us eyes to notice the things that you want us to notice in nature. Help us to put on new glasses and new, new eyes, Lord, to see you more. And help us to just be a light to others that they just can't help but see an arrow pointing to you when they come into contact with us. We love you and we thank you that it's the Sabbath coming in your name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.